Welcome to episode 60 of Behind the Mission, a show that sparks conversation with SciCarmer trusted partners and educational experts. My name is Dwayne France, and each week I'll be having conversations with podcast guests that will equip you with tools and resources to effectively engage with and support military service members, veterans, and their families. You can find the show on all the podcast players or by going to SciCarmer.org forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us on Behind the Mission. Our work and mission are supported by the generous partnerships and sponsors who also believe that education changes lives. This episode is brought to you by PsychArmor, the premier education and learning ecosystem specializing in military cultural content. PsychArmor offers an online e-learning laboratory that's free to individual learners as well as custom training options for organizations. You can find more about PsychArmor at psycharmor.org. On today's episode, I'm having a conversation with Coast Guard veteran Zach Kinney about the Stack Up Overwatch program, a peer-led suicide prevention program that provides critical support through around-the-clock access to a team of trained and certified crisis management volunteers. Zach is a former U.S. Coast Guard officer in interdiction and intelligence who worked in IT security and engineering for most of his civilian life. As a parent of an autistic child, he developed skills and an affinity for working with people who have special needs. This grew his passion for helping others, and that led him to peer support and suicide prevention. You can find out more about Zach by checking out his bio on our show notes. Let's get into my conversation with him and come back afterwards to talk about some of the key points. As a veteran yourself, like many of us, you have a particular concern about suicide in the military and veteran population. I'd like to hear the story behind your dedication to this mission and how you became involved in Stack Up and your leadership of the Stack Up Overwatch program. Like so many of our brothers and sisters, I, I see people struggle. And on the long deployments or major days, you would always see people and you try and help them. Anyone that's in your AO or under your command. You do what you can. And I just, after I left the service, I was just like, well, I don't know. What do I do? I went into IT, but I always like had that feeling like I always wanted to help people. I was the type of person who always wanted to help. Then I met Steven through uh, a game stream. Actually, he was doing a, like a charity meet and greet game stream. And I'm like, wait a minute, this makes sense. This is kind of what I was missing. Because I like I did not work in the mental health space at all. My, I have a degree in computer engineering. So this is not this was not the path that I had originally chosen for myself. But, you know, I was just inspired by StackUp's mission. And that, that's got me to the point where I volunteered with the Overwatch program and progressed and just kept dedicating more time to it. The point where I got position came open, I applied and then moved up the thing and became a manager there. It was just, it, it's a weird set of circumstances, but it was just the, the path that was laid out to me and it was clearly meant to be. I think that's a really... It's really common for a lot of veterans to get out of the military service. And, and like you said, now what? What's next? What's the next mission? What's the next thing? And you can find a job that pays the bills and maybe gives you a sense of satisfaction, uh, but you were missing something. And for you, that something was connecting with other veterans through gaming. Yeah, absolutely. So then I, I, I met Steven and then he explained to me why StackUp came to be, which is an interesting story in itself. Uh, he was on a very long deployment. They had gotten a care package from some random person that donated to their unit, and it was a bunch of romance novels. Naturally, these gentlemen were less than enthused, but they take what they can get. They actually read them, then later used them for target practice. He always mentioned how he always had his DS with them on deployments, and he would play games. It's like, more people need this. More deployed units and people need this for downtime to relax. 
because he realized the impact it had on his mental health and overall well-being. And that has evolved into what his stack up is now. Originally, they uh, branded themselves as a gaming charity, but then they're like, we're actually a mental health charity that uses mm-hmm. gaming as a focus to help people. That's where, like, it, it evolved from there. It was it started with what are called supply crates, which is them sending Xboxes and other consoles to deployed units overseas. Then he wanted to do more locally, so they expanded to what's called the Stacks program, which is their community outreach and all that. Then we have what are called air assaults now, where when they get home, what do we do? So they, they take deserving veterans or active duty to gaming events or comic conventions, all expenses paid, things like that. And then they saw... A lot of people in the Discord, you know, struggling and talking about issues. And that's where the Overwatch program came from. Because they're like, naturally, veterans have dark humor, particularly since, you know, for example, my boss is EOD. And that's the darkest humor I've ever seen. He's like, either I have a good day on the job or it's not my problem anymore. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> they're like, now we need to address this. So they, they started this peer support program, which was the Overwatch Stack Ups Overwatch program, which has just expanded to the point now where we've evolved in this way. Now, every piece of Stack Up is a mental health portion, even though it's involving gaming or whatever. It's just, it supplements various phases. I am the tip of the spear. I am where crisis management and suicide prevention comes in. Then once we get these people calm down or help them find guidance, get them to clinicians, get them the help they need, then we have the community to help them find what they're looking for, have that purpose, have common people to talk to, have things to do. Because it's the biggest thing that I always see is, and I even struggled with this, is relating to civilians post-service. because what I like to say is we suffer from perspective. When you've seen the worst of humanity, when you've seen battle, when you've seen war, you tend to get like irritated with people to get upset about the smallest things. You're like, does that really matter? And that's a common thing I've seen with like people in crisis is like small things like that will compound them where they're like, why does this matter? Why does this upset you? And then that upsets them even more. So like, you just don't know why this doesn't matter. So when you have common people that get it and understand what you're going through, it makes it very easy to work through all the issues. I really appreciate that. And I think, like you said, even from the origin, Stack Up was an organization that really focused on well-being, like psychological health. Like you said, you know, when I was in Afghanistan and, and we'd come off patrol and my troops would go play Call of Duty. And I'm like, didn't you just get 10, 12, 15 hours of that? And you want to, but it was a different kind of release. It, absolutely. I think I was playing Elder Scrolls, Grand Theft Auto, and it was a way to relax and unwind when you weren't on patrol, weren't on duty or or things like that. And I think that's something that's very unique, obviously, to our generation. Gulf War veterans and Vietnam veterans didn't have that sort of technology. But really, the the origins were about, let's find a way to support the warfighter while they're deployed, but then that need doesn't stop whenever they come back. And that's really where shifting, not away from supporting service members, but in addition to supporting veterans throughout the life cycle has really been a goal of Stack Up. Absolutely. And anyone that has served or served, that's not just for us. Now we cover, but by us, I mean the United States, we cover all of our allies too. We've shipped supply crates to the UK. We try and help Anyone that we can think of that we would ever, you know, because it's just been, it's expands and it's like my program, for example, has expanded tenfold in the amount of people we see since its first year. So there's clearly a need there. And that's what StackUp's trying to do is just try and fill those gaps because the VA does what the VA does. We're trying to help them. We're, we actually collaborate with the VA vet centers locally quite often now. They want us to help with events and things like that because we understand what the current generations of veterans want and need 
they understand from a clinical perspective. They understand everything else. You know, most of these people have served, but like they don't get the culture fully, if that makes sense, where we are that culture. We've all lived that culture. We are those people. We are honestly all nerds and all gamers. So we, we're, we're not shy about it, too. Like in Overwatch, half the time, if I'm interacting with a user that's in crisis, I always bring up what games they like. Or so There was one gentleman who was borderline suicidal, and I was talking to him. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's, I'm just sitting in this game at the lobby right now. I'm like, cool. I, I got that game. I'll hop in. And I was talking to him, and he was able to talk him down. We were just sitting there talking, having fun, even cracking jokes. And finally, he's like, Thank you. That's what I needed. And that's mm -hmm. the kind of approach we need to take to mental health now is get past all these stigmas. Because it's the biggest things we don't, in the military, we're taught we are the war. We are the war fighter. We cannot, our feelings, all of that, not non-factors. We just need to mission, 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 mission. When we get home, how do these people learn to take care of themselves? Two-week out processing is not going to undo everything that they've dealt with. So that's basically we're an extension of that. And, and the really unique thing, and I want to say unique in the way that you do it, but not necessarily unique in, in the approach, is like you said, you give a particular group of veterans what they want and need. And that's one of the things, again, that I've always valued about StackUp is that you connect, like you said, gamers and nerds, veterans who are interested in that, similar to how Team RWB connects to veterans who are interested in fitness and Mission Continues connects to veterans who are interested in community engagement. There's a lot of overlap there, but StackUp is an organization that's really good at supporting service members and veterans that are interested in what you do. Yeah, and it's just one of the things where it's Steve, the founder, never, he hoped we would get this big, but like seeing, we've got a Discord with over 4,000 people in it now that's active. It's just, it's really wonderful to see it grow. And like working with Psych Armor has been amazing because Heidi and her crew are the most easily approachable and thought out people they ever work with. If there's an issue, I bring it up, they deal with it. Their training has been like vital in how we do things because it's all straightforward, but tastefully done. Like they cover the hard material but they don't do it in a way that's not digestible. They don't, as you know, this is not like a slight, like clinicians are not the most well-spoken people when they're trying to teach things. And when you're trying to teach someone who's in the peer support level to, and keep them engaged so they retain that material, that's a very difficult approach. And that's why I love working with psych armies. They deliver that perfectly in a way where that happens. Clinicians can be very good in small rooms, sitting on a couch, talking to people. We are not as, as good getting up in front of people and explaining what we do in an easily relatable way. You're absolutely right. This is one of the things when I talk to my colleagues, even this show, this podcast, I was like, you should get out and you should talk more. And clinicians are like, it's something that they avoid. But I appreciate that idea of you recognizing we do what we do well at StackUp, but we also need partnerships. And that partnership, PsychArmor isn't speaking to the gaming community specifically any more than it's speaking to the fitness community or what have you. And, and there's a lot of overlap. I know a lot of folks that are both RWB and StackUp, gamers who also are long oh, yeah. distance runners. It's not to be able to say that these are separate and distinct. But this idea of not one organization can do everything, that there needs to be partnerships like between you and the vet centers and you and Psych Armor and you and other organizations. Yeah, absolutely. We can't do everything. We All we want to do is have the partners and the information we need to succeed. We're very humble about that. We don't claim to have all of the answers. That's why we work with Psych Armor. That's why we have a clinician that's on retainer that I can talk to in case of issues or that when we have what's called a duty to warn, which is an imminent threat of you know, suicidal or homicidal ideations. Then we can walk through a process with him to make sure we help the user and we take care of everything. We, we make sure we have the tools 
if we don't possess the abilities ourselves. We have no problem bringing other people into the fold. We're, we're not arrogant in any way. We're not trying to be this big entity. All we want to do is help people. And we're willing to take whatever steps we can to do that. And so you've talked some about the Overwatch program as part of what StackUp is in your role and in this this short conversation, but maybe be helpful for listeners to understand really what the StackUp Overwatch program, which is the program that, that you manage, is how it relates to the larger StackUp mission. It's just knocking down that 22 a day. We're, we are want to help our brothers and sisters. We want to save lives. And that's the bottom line. Not just save lives, but improve veterans and active duties quality. And that's what we're there for. There's things that people can't go to their COs about. There's things they may not want to talk to their, anyone in their unit about. And we're there. That's why we're there. It's to a point now where we're actually getting deployed at some of our systems tied into Overwatch are getting deployed at certain key facilities now, which we'll be releasing a press release about at some point. So it's to the point where like certain military organizations are actually looking to us going, okay, how do we help these people? And Overwatch has become this pillar of stack up, one of the four major pillars that are all just part of mental health. And it's, we help people 24-7. Let's, you know, like I said, we helped over 431 people last year that we had 40 our first year. It's just been great to see this kind of expansion. Do I worry a little? Yeah. When you see people in crisis and you see a large amount of people in crisis, you're like, it's a double-edged sword. I'm like, I'm glad people are finding us, but you're also, you see the pulse of what's going on. You're like, okay, yeah. maybe what do we need to do more? Like, for example, with my program, I'm, I monitor trends. Like, I, we're fully HIPAA compliant, but if, like, I see a common issue start popping up. We have what's called, now, what's called support groups, which is not, it's not therapy. We do common themes with these support groups. We'll do uh, transitioning to civilian life or managing anxiety, living with PTSD. And then we just have these little called fireside chats that are just group supports. We sit down and talk about it and then go through coping mechanisms, ways that manage things. And that's just another preventative measure that's in the Overwatch program now to cut down on that. So our ultimate goal is to save lives. We joke that we're a cleverly disguised mental health charity that was, you know, we said we were a gaming charity and we're like, pull back the mask and go, surprise! <laughs> and it's, it's kind of how that evolution has happened. Often, I think, since I've learned of what StackUp and, again, more specifically, the Overwatch program is doing, has used it as an example of you're a peer support organization, right? Like you Absolutely. said, you're not a clinician. You have a degree in computer science and you're a veteran and you're a gamer and, and, and. But you also, you and the organization have taken the time to learn some basic mental health skills right? You don't have to go get a master's degree. You don't have to go no. to, to college for years and years, but you have a clinician on retainer. You have certain parameters. You have a training program. This isn't you waking up one day saying, I was in the military so I can help people with PTSD. You and your team actually go out, get the training to be able to help individuals in an effective way. Absolutely. Just to give you an example, if someone signs up to become a member of the Overwatch program, they would go through all of Psych Armor's training. And then we do a series of four to six, what are called oral reviews, where we do role play sessions and see how they go from that. We then have them observe interaction, see how us or the volunteers handle it, and then go through that certification process in addition to getting them HIPAA certified, then having them interact with users. So we have a pretty extensive training process. It's not daunting because obviously with volunteers, their time is their donation. So you don't want to make them jump through too many hoops, but you want to do it enough so they're effective and it's actually safe and helpful. 
And again, I think that's a really critical component that is necessary for really effective peer support. And I think this is really, again, where StackUp is on the leading edge of some of the peer support training in that somebody can't just say, hey, I have lived experience, but I got to stop my own bleeding first. I need to make sure that I'm okay before I can go out and help somebody else. Because like you said, if you start to go out and say, hey, who needs help? And you start handing out chips and all of a sudden you have 400 people that need help. That can be overwhelming for people. Yeah. And, you know, and I want to touch on what you brought out. Uh, a lot of people that are, are volunteers have lived these issues. These are not people that are just like, I want to help just because I want to help. That has happened. We've had civilians that are just interested in helping. But a lot of these people have overcome these problems and dealt or lived with this. So that's another level of relatability and peer support. When they're not talking to a clinician, they're talking to someone who is trained in helping them, but has also experienced what they have. And that's key to building bonds because peer support effectiveness is about that bond, the bond that we can have that clinicians cannot. We can draw parallels from our experiences where in a clinical sense, that's you're not, you can't do that at all. Where that makes it, and it's not, again, we're not knocking clinical, but we are just another tip of that mental health. We guide them to the clinical folks or help them make the steps they can to improve themselves. And in, in many ways, you are guides, right? You have been through that tunnel. You come out the other side of that tunnel and you go back and you help people navigate something and bridge that connection between when they have a mental health concern and if it's, and I don't want to say minor, but if it's something manageable, like you said, if it's just a matter of somebody who just needs some time to connect with another veteran and that helps them, let's solve it at the lowest level. And you have the ability to connect them to more long-term clinical support and offload some of that trust that you have in the clinical process that they may not have. Yeah. And help them just build trust in the process overall. I also see us as like sharing the load. We all know how overwhelmed the VA is, especially during you know, the, the beginning of COVID, we had one user who was trying to schedule, he came into us frustrated, trying to schedule a mental health visit. They told him at his local VA, it was three to five months. That's too long for any form of mental health visit. So that we're just happy that we exist so we can help and do what we can to help spread that load. Obviously, like I said, we're not clinical, but if we can take a lot of that trouble that people have been trying to talk to clinicians about and help them and get them that immediate help, that is key. And like I said, we've all lived it. One of the, one of the biggest inside jokes about the Overwatch program and StackUp is that we're the best case scenario of the patients running the asylum. <laughs> I think that's, that is a good example. But also you said you're not clinicians, but you are clinically informed and you're clinically supported, which is, I, I had a mentor of mine who used to say, in my non-clinical opinion, and then he would express a clinical opinion. But in what StackUp does is really provide that bridge, but also recognizes that not being the experts in the room in the mental health space, being able to support that. Zach, again, I'm a huge fan of uh, StackUp in general, the Overwatch program in particular. If people wanted to find out more about what you're doing, how they can connect, even through Discord, for example, how can they do that? Okay, well, uh, we've got our website. You can go to stackup.org. If you're specifically for the Overwatch program, you can go to stackup.org slash STLP. Otherwise, you can join our Discord. It's linked on the website. It's all. It's also just if you want to open it and write in the browser and connect directly. It's stackup.org spelled out dot dot gg. Sounds good. And I'll make sure that all those links are in the show notes. Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Once again, we would like to thank this week's sponsor, Psych Armor. 
PsychArmor is the premier education and learning ecosystem specializing in military culture content. PsychArmor offers an online e-learning laboratory that's free to individual learners, as well as custom training options for organizations. You can find more about PsychArmor at psycharmor.org. One of the points that I'd like to talk about is something that Zach said early in the conversation, that those who served in the military and their family members very often will immediately understand, but those who haven't served may not understand very well. It's the presence of dark humor that many service members and veterans express. When you're faced with sitting in a cold, wet bunker or tent with nothing but cold MREs and staring at the same faces that you've been looking at for months, you find that you have to make jokes just to cope. And the jokes that you make are not always what may be for polite company. Compound that with the danger that you might experience, and you have to find ways to deal with it in such a way so as to not go crazy. Now, that's not to say that dark humor is appropriate, even when it's happening, but it doesn't mean that service members or veterans are depraved or morally deficient. It's just that sometimes we have a different reaction to stress. Consider the scene in Saving Private Ryan when the squad comes upon the glider crash site with all the wounded airborne troops. One of the leaders gives Captain Miller a bag with a bunch of dog tags of fallen paratroopers. Three of the squad immediately sits down to see if they can find Private Ryan in the pile and turn it into a game. Captain Miller himself observes with a half grin, and the squad's really getting into it without any consideration of how their actions are perceived by the other troops around them, until the team's conscience, the medic Wade, steps in to remind them of what they're actually doing. There are certainly times in my post-military life where my dark humor slips, but it's something that is extremely common among service members and veterans, and likely one of the things that increases the value of peer support, especially in situations like these, gaming, or in the middle of a long ruck march with Team RWB and it starts raining, or cleaning up after a natural disaster with Team Rubicon. There's a shared bond, and sometimes that bond is expressed with jokes like Zach's explosive ordnance disposal boss cracking a joke about a bad day on the job not being his problem anymore. And that's okay. That's just the part of veteran life that veterans are certainly used to, and that those that work with veterans have to come to terms with. The other point that I'd like to make is that Zach's description of the Stack Up Overwatch program is what active, peer-led suicide prevention actually looks like. We can go to all the workshops and classes like Applied Suicide Intervention Skills Training or QPR or ACE or Mental Health First Aid, and we can get training on how to respond, but those courses are a bit like driver's education in that we learn what we're supposed to do when we get out on the road. Then when we're actually driving, the situation is much more complex. Someone in danger of suicidal self-harm is not like a light switch in that you're not in crisis one minute and you are in crisis the next. Suicidal crisis exists on a continuum from not considering suicide to imminent danger of suicidal behavior. There are a lot of steps between those two things. Vague thoughts of distress, nonspecific suicidal ideation, such as maybe it would be better if I didn't wake up, specific suicidal ideation, specific thoughts about death and suicidal self-harm, contemplating methods and a plan, behaviors like gathering methods and putting a plan in place, and the danger increases exponentially the farther you go on the continuum. Understanding how to respond to someone at one point in the continuum as opposed to someone at another point in the continuum takes practice and discernment. There is not a one-size-fits-all. If someone we're talking to has vague thoughts of distress and we respond as if they're in imminent danger, then we will likely shut them down from sharing anything with us. I had the opportunity to talk to one of Zach's team members after Zach and I recorded this interview, and she pointed out that there are two things that are necessary in her role as a stack-up Overwatch program shift leader. Trust and directness. That's two necessary elements for effective peer-led suicide prevention. Trust that the person the veteran is talking to is safe and has the veteran's best interest in heart. 
and the directness to be able to ask the hard questions very clearly. If someone has the directness to ask the hard question, but has not established trust in the veteran's eyes, then you're not going to get the real answers to the important questions. And if you have established trust, but don't have the directness to ask the hard questions, then you're never going to get to the real reason the veteran is in distress. If you're listening to this and you're looking to establish or improve a veteran peer support suicide prevention program, then you couldn't do much better than reaching out to Zach and the folks at the Stack Up Overwatch program and see how they're doing it because they're doing it right. For this week's Psych Armor Resource of the Week, I'd like to share not a Psych Armor course, but a research article that highlights the partnership between the Stack Up Overwatch program and Psych Armor. Published in 2021 in the journal Frontiers in Psychology, the article is a community case study about the program online suicide prevention, and peer support for video gamers. In this article, you'll get a deeper understanding of the program and how PsychArmor training supports it. You can check out the article through a link in the show notes. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Make sure to take a look at the show notes, which you can find in your podcast player of choice, as well as at psycharmor.org forward slash podcast. You will find the link to everything we talked about in today's show, as well as hundreds of online training videos delivered by nationally recognized subject matter experts who are committed to educating the civilian community about military culture. All of these courses are free to individual learners. Thank you for joining me on this episode and for continuing to join us on this journey. You wouldn't be listening if you didn't care, and it's that curiosity and passion for supporting service members and their families that we want to encourage and increase. Come back each week for another conversation, and make sure to engage with PsychArmor on social media to let us know what you think about the show. I'd like to express special thanks to Operation Encore and Navy Seahawk pilot Jerry Maniscalco for our theme song, Don't Kill the Messenger. This show was produced by Headspace and Timing, and all rights to the show remain reserved by PsychArmor. Feel free to share the show. In fact, we would like for you to do that, but make sure you let folks know where you heard it. Join us next time for another great episode, and until then, stay aware, get educated, and be well.